Welcome to the Blues Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Martin, here with the Central Division Preview and a little bit of Blues News. Here, hey, yay. Here with, once again, Chris Frank, uh, coming to you with about uh, an hour to game two of the uh, NLDS. Yeah, so Chris overwatched the game. Figure we knock out a podcast or two. Uh, we're going to knock out this one, and then immediately after, we're going to do the Blues Podcast. So... Be prepared for two podcasts this week. Crazy. That is crazy talk. So this one will drop on Monday. Look at you using insider lingo like dropping. I know. Look at me go. I don't even use that, and I get paid to use terms like that. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Look at me go. And uh, that will be on Monday. Well, Sunday night, late Sunday. It's early Monday. And then another one will be on Thursday for the Lose Home Opener. So God, I, I can't believe we're within a week. It really... You know, as long as the summer has taken it, it seems like the last month has just zoomed by. Yeah, and, and numerous fronts. Yeah. Everything's gone by fast. So I'm glad that a hockey season started. Um, we will actually miss most of, at least part of the home opener. Do we have a 7.30 game that week? 6.30. So That's we'll miss the beginning. So right. we'll, we'll see you the second half. So we like second and third periods. So we're doing good. So we're 3 and 0. 3 and 0. We're 3 and 0. 1 3 to 2 this week on a uh, depleted lineup. Yeah, man. Again, for those of you who have been following the podcast the last couple of weeks, Jason and I are in a floor hockey team uh, in the St. Louis Floor Hockey League, which, again, I know I think I've plugged these guys the last two weeks, but seriously, um, you guys, if you like to play hockey, you don't need to be skilled on skates because there are no skates. If you have a stick, if you have gloves, make sure there's tape on your stick. We found that out this week. Yes. Sign up. Like they're in the middle of sessions right now, but they're already registering for next sessions. Uh, they have really skilled leagues on Monday and Wednesday. They have an, a thirty-plus league, which we play in on Thursdays, which is still competitive, but it, it's you know a little slower. And then they have a Friday league that they're trying to get off the ground. So there's nights for everybody. Um, it's a lot of fun. It really, really is a lot of fun. Uh, if you got, if you have. You and nine friends who want to play together, you can form a team. If you don't, you could just register you and a couple of buddies, play on the house team together. They'll put a team together for you. I highly, highly suggest you guys, uh, even if you're just a casual hockey fan, get out and play. It's good exercise. And yeah. it's it's fun. You're playing hockey. Yep. So it was a good time. So we can to pull it out this week. Phrasing. But uh, we're... Uh yeah, it was a tough one this week. It weren't better more than I thought it would be. We were actually trailing most of the game. Well, you know, I this is and I, I never said it out loud, but I really felt like the way the Thursday league is set up, there's five teams, so one team each week is on a a, a bye week. Um and we had our bye week last week. Mm-hmm. And I really had a feeling like as good as we played two weeks ago, coming off that bye week, playing a, a team that was O and two, I thought that we were A gonna be a little rusty and B partially kind of looking past that team and i think at first there were some of us who just kind of expected for us to throw our sticks on the court and and win Mm -hmm. and that wasn't the case it it took us about a period and a half to really get our ish together yeah and uh, and start to play that was interesting so good times once again um we had to keep people updated a couple people have actually hit me up on a uh, email so blues hockey podcast all one word at gmail.com 
about it. So it was interesting. Yeah, so. man. Seriously, they're on Facebook. They're online. If you just Google St. Louis floor hockey, they're going to pop up. So a lot of fun. So we're going to go into, we'll do some blues news first. Not much, but some big stuff. That some important happened. stuff. So first off, uh finally happened. I was just shy of like the day when it actually happened. I said on Twitter, at our on our Twitter, at Blues Hockey NHL, said that I fully expect Jaden Schwartz to be signed by my birthday, which was on September 26th. He signed on September 27th. Yeah. So I was almost... Your day off. Day off, but still. We'll finally, he, uh, he basically started the whole restricted free agent boom. Well, I think Boston's free agent signed the day before, but... Yeah. Basically, all the restricted free agents that were hanging out there, all, all wrapped up, all wrapped up by except for one. <laughs> still, yeah, still with his outrageous demands, uh, Ryan Johansson. But that's nothing to do with us. Dude, that's so so crazy. I heard that they went down. Uh, his agent offered yesterday, the day before, two years at nine mil. So if he wants Jeez. four and a half for, so are they, still I, we I, talked I, about it in yeah. the in the preview of the Metropolitan Division, like. That's a lot of money for really one year of quality work. Yeah, we talked about that. So uh, check that one out and uh, on iTunes and uh, let us know what you think. So uh, we're going to go into the Central after we do this Blues stuff. But Jaden Schwartz finally signs two years, $4.7 million. A little basically around 2.35 average. I'm out. fine with that. That's fine. Uh, I was I said I said the highest he would get is 2.7, so yeah. a little bit under that. Um so, he and Tarasenko were the breakout stars last year. Yeah, and I and fully expect uh, both of them to take another step forward absolutely. this year. Absolutely. And the way that those guys played, especially the way that, that Schwartz played, you know, if he continues to progress that way, you got to think that Hitchcock has grand, grand plans to build this team around him in the future. So, uh, good news there. So, as we talked about last week, a couple of uh, tr- players were brought in on tryout, Ryan Whitney and uh, Paul Bissonnette. Yep. Uh, both had a little bit of game action. Uh, Ryan Whitney had a uh, assist, uh, plus one rating in two games played. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Bissonnette had one game played, uh, ten penalty minutes. So uh, two boy. fights um, against Minnesota with the other night. Yep. So interesting uh, stuff kind of going on. Uh, we'll go into. I'll go into some of the Blues uh, preseason games in a minute. But basically, both of those players were released from their uh, professional tryouts, so they yeah. did, not, did not make the team. Which, you know, and it's a bummer. And in the case of Bissonnette, you and I were just talking before we started this that apparently he pulled a groin. And, you know, obviously when you're on a tryout, the last thing you want to do is get any sort of an injury because that pretty much kills your tryout chances. Yeah, so fortunately for him, uh could make the team. I really wanted to because I really liked him. But he even, uh, through sources that I was reading on Twitter after he got released today, said that he thought he played really well, but the Blues just have that good of a lineup. And it's hard, man. What, and he wants to see what's out there. So you never know. He could see what's out there. Uh, he actually almost had a deal with the Rangers. Oh, wow. Um, in August, but they had to move a guy because they were really close to the cap. So he, who knows? He might find his way back there or, uh, so we may, might see him. It by, raises a good question. Probably not question. by Thursday, but. I, I would doubt by Thursday, especially if it's a groin issue. But it raises a question. If you were a player and you were going to try out for a team, and let's say you got two a tryout offers, one from the St. Louis Blues, and let's say one from Florida Panthers, mm-hmm. which team do you go and try out for? If it's me, I'd probably go and try out for the Florida Panthers because I think that my odds of making that team better. are much better than cracking the St. Louis Blues who are pretty much ready to go. Yeah, I mean, if you look at just like kind of a general roster sheet, you can tell yeah. that you'd be tough to... 
beat out. And it depends, I guess this is being like kind of nitpicky with your whole scenario. Right. But if you're like Bissonette, who's 29, you know, I would do the Panthers. Yeah. But if you're like, say, Ryan Whitney, where you're like in your th- high 30s, where I just want to get that cup. Oh, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So that's, I mean, it's kind of a different scenario. The winner to me, obviously, you want to go and try out for the better team. But, you know, I, Unless I am absolutely confident, like if I'm someone who was released at the last minute due to contract, whatever, that's one thing. But like if you're someone like Bissonette, who you know that you're a role player, mm. you're not really going to fill the net. I probably go where I think I have a better chance of making the team. And, you know, like he even said, the Blues are overly stacked at forward. Yeah, so it'll be tough anyway. Unless Bissonette wants to pick up a uh, a mask and uh, a thicker stick and try to be, you know, a third goalie, I, I don't really think there's really much room for him here on the roster. But yep, and it was uh, cool for him to try out. Yeah. So, and the last roster move is actually a player that the Blues lost via waivers this week, which is very interesting. Uh, the night they played the Minnesota Wild, the Minnesota Wild decided to reclaim former former Minnesota Wild player Nate Prosser. <laughs> so um he it's really funny because according to nate prosser he put his house up for sale in minnesota he wanted a one-way deal with them and they wouldn't give it to him so based and they from what i read they have no real injuries or anything so i don't know if just maybe guys aren't performing to the way they thought yeah and they just want to bring him back so basically blues try to send him down or like preemptive waivers pretty much they they're sending guys down without really Right. Going to Chicago, uh, for example, like tonight's game, like Colin Frazier's playing, who got sent down this week. Sure. Uh, Mueller's playing tonight. Uh, yeah. Butler's playing tonight. Uh, as we record on the 4th of October. So, uh, yeah, so Nate Prosser has lost to the Minnesota Wild. So basically, the, he has to be on the Minnesota Wilds roster for the remainder of the year. If for some reason, they try to, let's say, sneak him back to their AHL affiliate. The Blues have first, uh, dibs at him. And if they say the Blues do decide to reclaim him, he goes straight to Chicago and nobody can claim him. Wow. So. Do you remember, and this is going to go back a few years, I want to say this goes back like to 06, 07. I think I want to know what you're going to say, but go ahead. I don't remember the guy's name, but there was a guy that we picked up and then like at the last minute, Nashville snagged him. Uh, oh, from K- uh, the KHL. Yeah. Uh, God, he has a former. Oh, it's gonna kill me. And it was one of those things where, like, he had to clear waivers, and they were like the only team above us was Nashville, Nashville yeah. and they took him. And I think it was one of those things where, like, we were pushing for a playoff spot, and it was like, look, this guy could probably decimate that right. Too, yeah. And Nashville was like, no man, no way, man. We'll take him just to keep him off St. Louis. It's like on the tip of my tongue too. Yeah, and I can't remember his name, but this kind of reminds me of yeah. of that type of a situation. Dang it! It's, okay, it's gonna bug me the rest of the thing. But anyway, right now, or not right now, but once this gets posted, people are gonna be screaming at it. It's like, like Ponder is gonna be listening to the screaming the name into his radio. Yeah, so we'll be talking about Jeff Ponder in a little bit uh, later, actually. So I'm just gonna go in some quick recaps of all the preseason games because basically, at the end of the day, they don't mean anything. So just basically trying to get players that are. You know, see how players look so far, line combinations, get your, you know, yeah. your special teams units kind of gelling a little bit. But outside of that, not really. Not until your last couple no. games, usually you don't really start to see a full team. So, uh, starting on September 21st, the Blues lost to Columbus in overtime, 4-3. to three. Uh, For some reason, Curtis McElhinney learned how to play goal and was amazing. <laughs> like, that dude, every time I see him play, like, he just lets up a ton of goals. And yep. he was outstanding. The Blues outshot Columbus by a ton. 
And the Blues go on to uh, Dallas the next night and lose four to three. Uh, Allen looked a little shaky, uh, and I think it was the first game. Or I said this game. I think Allen looked shaky. And we'll go into the twenty fifth. The Blues beat Columbus. Uh, excuse me, other way around. Columbus beats the Blues five to four uh, in Kansas now, City. That was a game that at one point I think Columbus was up five to one. Correct. They were getting destroyed. That getting night. blistered. Yeah, and that was a Paul. That was a big old thing. Paul Stastny's, you know, first game. Yeah, and the Blues are getting in the first ten minutes. It was three nothing. Yeah, I forgot what was going on that. Oh no, we didn't have hockey that night, so I don't know what I was doing that night. But I was just all of a sudden I was checking the score here and there, and I'm like, oh, the Blues are getting destroyed. And by the time uh, like it was the fifteen minute mark, I think it was four nothing. Yeah, it was four to one by the end of the first. And the Blues nearly they came back. They came back strong. Yeah, Elliot didn't. Uh, it was the Blues that looked really bad. A lot of turnovers and yeah. the sloppy in general. So from what I was looking at the brief highlights, they kind of From showed. what I saw, it looked like it was a lot of the same old problems of the Blues not being able to not clear clearing the puck. his own. Yeah, which hopefully doesn't. It's one of the two things that you can count on in Blues hockey. Yeah. So uh, let's go in. Let's see the Kansas City game uh, where the Blues played the Dallas Stars in Kansas City, Missouri at the Sprint Center. Yep. So very nice uh, arena from the pictures I saw. And, that uh, place was gorgeous. They had about... 13,000 people show up. That's awesome. Which I think is really awesome. So uh, a lot of Blues fans. So unfortunately, the Blues cannot pull it out. 4-2 lost to Dallas. Dallas had a lot of regulars. They had their big. uh, One person they didn't have was Spezza, I think. But they had their big first line, Sagan, Ben, so on. Uh, Hemsky was actually playing too. Finally, the Blues get into the win column on the 30th against Carolina that just lost Jordan Stahl for most of the year. Dude, that team is snake bit. Yeah, so Jordan Stahl with a broken leg. Uh, was the final diagnosis I saw. Uh, three to one, the Blues win. Pretty much, the score is not indicative of how it was. The goal was tr- off a turnover where, uh, yeah. uh, some people said Cole shouldn't pass the puck to Berglund, but some people said Berglund got stripped. You, you know me, you know a Berglund guy. I still say Berglund got stripped of the puck and he should have took better care. Yeah. And then basically, Yuri Toluzzi's had a quick, or it wasn't, is Yuri Toluzzi? Yeah. Scores the goal. Blues, uh, come back three to one. And then a fight-filled game on October second. Man, uh, man, Reeves had a f- couple. Of, Reeves had two, fi- one fight. Bob Bissnet had two fights, um, and a couple other, a lot of scrums. Uh, very spirited, uh, four to one. Uh, so Blues had two wins finally, and then they're playing tonight. And right now it is zero zero, I believe. Let me double check that. And I think it's Stand the end of the first. By. Yeah. So anyway, the Blues uh, play tonight, and pretty much with the depleted lineup, they're only going with uh, the top line is Laterra, Schwartz, and Lindstrom. The rest is pretty much guys who are going to be in AHL or guys fighting for spots. We are scoreless at the end of one. So the other story, which I'll get into, which maybe I should have brought up, at been doing the whole roster stuff. Uh, Blues first round pick Robbie Fabry. Still around. Uh, unfortunately, had a upper body injury in the Minnesota game. Yeah. A guy fell on top of him. He was very sore, is what uh, Hitch said. So, um, cut. He's, so who knows what's going to happen? The, unfortunately, as much as I like this dude a lot, just I've seen him in person now twice at practice. Yeah, and the Blues got steal. I'll just, I'll oh, dude, he's great. I re- the, as this whole size thing, which but the dude is skilled. Um, if for some reason Jordan Jaden Schwartz was not signed, I would say they probably would have done at least a nine game. Then hopefully try to get Schwartz in by then. Sure, but I think you can't stick this kid like on a. He's a top nine, top even. I almost say he has to be around skilled guys. Let's put it that way. He can fit in a top nine, but 
top six is where this he's eventually going to You know what he's going to remind me of is remember when we brought Jaden Schwartz up at the end of that first season. And we stuck him in the third and fourth lines, yeah. and he still did good. But you could see that he was just kind of stuck in the mud. Yeah, where he's that's what he's going to be if he if he plays for us right now. I think the best thing, which I really hope they do, I really hope they do what they did Jaden Schwartz that and that season they brought after Jaden Schwartz's college career mm-hmm. or that season wrapped up, they signed him to the entry level deal, or he might have been signed already, right? Uh, and then they brought him up, and he gets nine games or whatever, and then they just. He just kept impressing, 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 and they played him and basically burned a year of his ELC. Is right. you know, but he, you know, it was a, a year that they could, you know, might have helped him in the long run. Who knows? I might, I might do it with Robbie Fabry this year, depending on how things look. So, I think that you have now, especially with this draft, one of the things that the Blues have uh, have kind of done over the last couple of years is, is really deplete their reserves as far as young prospects and now you look at the fact that yaskin's going to make this team mm-hmm. you think so i think so yeah. I, I think you know he's a third or fourth liner but i think he's on this team okay. um you now have ratty in chicago you have fabry who's not going to be in chicago but he's going to go back to the, the, the chl uh ohl um you know you now have a handful more skilled players that you can cultivate in the next couple of years that as guys start to go down or as guys leave via free agency or trade or whatever, you don't have to be afraid. You now have pieces to plug in. Mm-hmm. You know, God forbid a TJ Oshie goes down. Yeah. You've now, you know, you've got a, a Ty Ratty who you can move in. Yeah. Or even Peter you know, Mueller for that matter. If you want right, like, like, to go with a little experience. Yeah. You've got guys now in your back pocket where, you know, up until, you know, this last draft, really, we had Ratty and Yaskin, and everything else was yeah. mid-tier. Yeah. So the Blues did a really good job in this draft. A lot of the experts have talked about it, but and we did too, but it's something that I don't think the casual Blues fan really knows is, like, this draft, the Blues got crazy value at every pick. Yeah, so they're able to... Replenished, to, and then even next year's draft supposed to be deep too. And yep. So they don't have first now we lose. Or, yeah, remember we lose our first round with with a, a Buffalo. Deal. But um, you got the second, so you might be able to get like a late first. Which I should talk about my trip to Buffalo. I uh, was wearing my I was wearing a Blues hat or blue shirt most of the day, uh, both days that I was walking around for lunch, <laughs> and I got stopped at least a half a dozen times. People going, "Eh, Ryan Miller, eh?" <laughs> I was like, <laughs> like uh, "Yeah, yep." Oh, yep, that was awesome. And they go, hey, thanks for your draft pick, bud. Yeah, that's no kidding. <laughs> so, yeah, they got three first-rounders next year. They're going to be crazy. They're going to be – you know what's funny is in talking to the people from Buffalo, I go, you guys are going to be all right. You know, you guys got some good talent. And they're like, no, man, this is going to be like Major League the movie. Only instead of trying to put together a team so bad that they can move the team, they want the team to be so bad that they wrap up the number one pick. Yeah. Yeah, and McDavid is uh, going to be a big talent. So. Which I got to watch him when I was in Buffalo. Yeah, you got to see the uh, the prospect, prospect game, which is yeah. awesome. It's um, on the NHL Network, I yep. think, the next day, or that night and then the next day. Yeah, so. but uh, yeah, man, I, they, everyone's like, because we talked about, started talking about Steve Ott, and he goes, you know, everyone laughs at the conversation in Buffalo, because everyone in Buffalo thought that he was going to come back, too. Um was that, you know, they were talking with Ott, and I was like, yeah, I want to come back. You know, you guys got some young talent here. I think we can make some moves. And everyone was like, no, 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 Steve Ott. 
We don't want to win games. No, man, I want to win. I want to cup. Okay, you should probably just go back to St. Louis. Yeah. Because we want to be awful. Like, they are already cheering to lose games. Like, they want dead last. Oh, boy, McDavid looks good. I mean, everything I've seen, hopefully he doesn't do anything. So, anyway, two things, other things I want to bring up as I go through my notes. Uh other surprise roster, uh, Pateri Lindbaum, who I messed up and said Nicholas Lundstrom last week after I relisted the podcast. Nicholas Lundstrom is the goaltender who got sent down. He's probably going to be an ECHL this year. I meant to say um, Pateri Lindbaum, who okay. has been the other surprise of camp. 21-year-old defenseman, a six-round pick of the Blues in 2012. Right. Uh Basically, expected just to go back to Finland this year and keep developing. Sure, still with the team and playing tonight in the last preseason game. Nice, I think. And uh, with the other roster move made today, Carl Gunnarsson was announced to not be able to be ready for the beginning of the season. Neat. So apparently, his hip is still not 100, percent or he's very close. So I expect him to be out the first couple of weeks of. So that could be. I'm assuming since Butler has cleared waivers, um, Prosser's gone. I fully expect Pateri Limbaugh to possibly at least get the nine-game tryout with the Blues. Sure. Uh, it's interesting that the, that's a guy came out of nowhere, which is fantastic for the depth. Worries me that a couple of the guys haven't panned out, uh, the Yanni Hockenpahs, the Joel Edmondson, who's been hurt. Joel Edmondson's been hurt right. with a back issue he, during training in the offseason. He has been he got hurt. Uh, but Yanni Hockenpah, who everybody, I even talked about, I thought looked good. Such but, a good hockey name. Correct. Do you see the shirt that the Wolves are no. They have a shirt with him, and it's like him with like really long hair. And I can't, they didn't show the back of it. But anyway, but, uh, I thought it was funny that they, yeah, and he was wearing it when they were doing the pictures, which I thought was really That's funny. That's awesome. So, um, and the last thing I'll bring up, which, uh, a little downer note before we start our Central Division preview, uh, there's a tragedy at the preseason game last night, or, or Thursday yeah, night. I, a lady fell off the escalator following the game, correct? Uh, correct. I don't know if it was, from what I've heard and what I've kind of, they didn't say a time frame, but what I've heard from different things on Twitter, it was like way after the game. Like oh. most of the lobby was like cleared out and okay. probably people were probably in the Bud Light zone type thing. Right. Um, apparently the woman, 30, I know, I don't remember the name. I don't want to put yeah, that out there. It's either. out there on SESTL today if you want to read the whole story. So, uh, the Blues are working with, uh, this is the police. They put a little statement on the website just basically saying their condolences. They're working with St. Louis police. As much as they can. So. And we have a update from St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, Yori, Lethra scores. Lead, the Blues lead the Wild 1-0 a minute 30 into the second period. There we go. So, Letera tearing it up. And the second preseason goal for him. So, yeah. curious to see how that one was. That line's going to be great, man. So I'm looking forward to that. So, we'll get into that with our Blues preview. So, we'll do the Central Division preview now. So, last year, Central Division uh, winner was actually... Colorado, by uh, unfortunately, point. by one point. The Blues, unfortunately, had a six-game losing streak going into the end of the year yep. and blew it. So we're going to go in alphabetical order once again. We're going to go everybody but the Blues. We'll still give our predictions on where we think the Blues will finish with everybody else. And then, like we said, we're going to do an exclusively Blues podcast uh, after this. So first, we're going to Chicago. The record, 46-21-15 and 15 for 107 points. Good for fifth in the conference, seventh overall in NHL. Offense. Extremely good, as we well know. 3.18 goals per game, second in the league. Defense, 2.58 goals against, 12th in the league. Power play, not too bad at 19.5%, tied for ninth in the league. 81.4% on the penalty kill, tied for 19th. 
Uh, Corsi and Fenwick, very good. Both second overall in the NHL. 55.7% for Corsi, Fenwick 55.2. Um, yeah. Pretty much this is the same team you're looking at from yeah. last year, uh, except for one big addition. I wouldn't say big, but I think it fills their need. Uh, it fills the. It, it's an upgrade from Hanzus. So uh, Brad Richards comes over from the New York Rangers after getting bought wow. out after the offseason. So only the departures this year, uh, Brandon Bolig, uh, and they have Pierre-Marc Bouchard, which I forgot he even was on the team right. after a trade. Uh, technically, Michael Hanzus is also gone, uh, just not signed by anybody yet in NHL. Yeah. So. Um, you know, I think the Brad Richards signing. And actually one more as of today, departure, Nick Letty was correct today. Correct, to the Islanders. Uh, I thought that the Brad Richards deal was a direct uh, reaction to what the Blues did. And what uh, Dallas did. And what Dallas did, obviously, which we will talk about shortly. Um, this is still the team to beat in the Central Division. They right. just are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's funny. We talk about that. And this is a team that finished third in the division, uh, but went all the way to the Western Conference Finals. They've been to at least the Western Conference Finals the last four years. Yes, they went. Them and Stanley LA. Cup, final, Stanley Cup, Conference Finals, Stanley Cup, Conference Finals, right? Correct. Um, you so, know, yeah, it's been, uh, these guys are, Top to bottom, um, amazing. You know what's funny is just like the Blues, the one question mark with this team, which doesn't seem to be as big of a question mark as it was the Blues because they've got hardware now, is always goaltending. You know, Corey Crawford gets, he's the Rodney Dangerfield of the NHL. He gets no respect. Mm -hmm. But all this guy does is go out and win games. You know, you've now locked up both Kane and Taze to long-term deals. Hosa's still got a handful of years left on his deal. Um, you know, you make the trade to move Letty out of town today, which brings you under the salary cap. That's going to be the only place where this team is going to have problems is being able to keep this team together as the years continue. Yeah. Well, because they, they are two, so strapped. They now. got their two main guys locked up, Kane and uh, Taves, with a. Uh, Extremely, I can't find the number here, unfortunately. 11 million? 11 million per for a long time. Yeah. I think it's like eight years or something yeah. like that. So. They were uh, essentially max deals. 10.4 or something like yeah. the exact number. So, uh, they're locked in for a long time and that's who you really need to be locked in pretty much. Uh, yeah. after that, you know, your defense is good. You got Crawford locked in at six mil annually for a while still. Yeah. His first year of a six year deal is this year. He's 29 years old. So he gets paid a, a lot for the next couple of years. So. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how that kind of uh, pans out as well. They have Anti Rata, who was I thought at times looked good, other times he looked uh, pedestrian. I agree, so. I totally agree. So uh, their big prospect, uh, Tabo Teravinen, uh, actually was sent down today. So it looks like they're going to try to give him time to season down at the uh, Rockford Ice Hogs in the AHL. So uh, it looks like that we are tied. Ah, there we Michael Grantlin, one one fifteen twenty one. Ah, so. Little update there. So it looks like the blue. I mean, basically Chicago is looking at the same teams last year. Season team who is. Yep. I fully expect them to do very well. Uh, definitely a playoff team, and then we'll do our picks. Well, at look, the end. they are they are that team that until they're pretty much picked by everybody. Pretty much everybody. They picked in uh, what I'm using right now, the hockey news, to f- win the finish second in the Central, but uh, win the Stanley Cup. The magazine you have have the Blues first. Yes. You know, it, it's funny. I looked at a lot of magazines and did a lot of homework as well. 
Um, and I think there's a, there's a few people who have backed off the Blues of being the sexy pick, unlike last year when it seemed like everybody was picking the Blues. Uh, what's his name actually picked him? I was very surprised. Uh, Greg Wyshynski from Wyshynski yeah. America podcast actually picked the Blues. Um, but, you know, again, when you talk about the Chicago Blackhawks, you're talking about a team that just wins. Mm-hmm. And not only wins during the season, but more importantly – as unfortunately we as Blues fans found out and saw firsthand, this team is built for April and May. And, you know, they are a team that doesn't care where, whether they finish first in the West or eighth in the West. They just want in. And once they're in, they're going to win. Yeah, they turn it on. So that's the thing that, the like we talked about, we'll talk about the Blues. Hopefully they can learn to turn on. Let's go into our next team, the Colorado Avalanche. Next, last year's uh, record, excuse me, 52-22-8, good for 112 points. Second in the uh, Western Conference, third overall in NHL. So a huge year, basically worse from worst to first almost. Pretty much. So a huge year for them, 2.99 goals against, fourth in the year, uh, excuse me, fourth in the league. Uh, 2.63 goals against, tied for 14. Two to one, Minnesota. Oh, well, that sounds about right. So, uh, power play, 19.8%, tied for fifth in NHL, 80.7%, uh, penalty kill, tied for 23rd. Their Corsi and Fenwick are not good at all. 47.4 and 46.8, respectively, good for 25th and 27th. So, uh, wow. Possession stats, not as good. They're a very run-and-gun team as well. Very Patrick, much so. Patrick Waz made them just like go-go-go-go team. So uh, let's go with some of the additions and subtractions. So the big addition in the offseason was the signing of Jerome McGinley, three-year, $16 million Never contract. saw it coming. No. That he was I more, really thought he was going to stay in Boston. Yeah, Boston was cash-strapped, so I knew that maybe he would take maybe a low deal just to get a cup type That's thing. what I figured, too. But it didn't happen. Uh, the other was a trade to bring in Daniel Briere. Uh, and also a trade to bring in Brad Stewart. So uh, they added a little bit to their defense, which I'm still not sold on. And But lost a, quite a bit of guys. Uh, Paul Stastny, of course. Never heard of him. Uh, P.A. Parento. Matt Where did Hunt, he go? P.A. Parento? Yeah. He was the trade that brought in Briere, so he went That's to right. uh, Montreal. That's right. Uh, basically, uh, Parento was on pretty much on the block since last. I like Parento, man. I've liked him since he was an Islander. Pretty much he was. Uh, I was surprised because he, he was almost like, Always top five in the league in assists for being like a, yeah on a assault. crap team yeah so uh, John Sebastian Giguere who retired yep and uh, Brad Malone so a little bit of subtraction there most notably Paul Stastny so they're hoping that Nathan McKinnon can jump into the mix and be their no, their next uh, center I mean they're pretty much they also they re-signed Ryan O'Reilly to two year twelve million dollars so basically he's getting out. <laughs> He basically is just getting to unrestricted free agency and trying to make as much money as he can. Dude, th- here's the two things that, that I don't understand. Uh, well, one I don't understand and one that I found surprising. I'm not a Ryan O'Reilly believer. Mm-hmm. I'm just not. And it seems like for two years in a row now, he has held that team hostage and they've caved to his demands. Yeah, well, the one time they didn't technically and they just matched – Right. Over a massive, like, I thought it was overpay. I mean, we wound up having a good year last year, but... Uh, but still. Still, their top two, uh, two lines of forwards, man, is really good, in my opinion. Landis Cog, Duchenne, and uh, O'Reilly, then Tangay, McKinnon, and Aginla. That's solid, at least on paper. I'm curious to see how Aginla holds up in the running gun system. I agree. I think that's a big one with his age. The other was, I uh, I listened to ES or not ESPN, NHL radio quite a bit on satellite. And, uh, you know... 
I guess a week or two ago, they were doing their mock fantasy hockey drafts mm. and where you rank players. And some of these guys had McKinnon as high as number three overall. That's crazy. You know, behind only Stamkos and Crosby. Some of these guys had him as a more impactful player than Ovechkin. And I think the kid is great. I don't know if he's going to have as good a year as he had his rookie year because people have seen him now. Yeah. I got him actually in our the league we did, I did last year. Nobody picked him up. I picked him up in a free agency Yeah, after the draft because we did – the league that I joined, it was just like the stupid like. Here's the player. Here's the players you get. I woke up and thought I was the only team that drafted because I had everybody. Yeah, I was just like uh, I picked up Steen as a free agent. Yeah, I know that that was like one surprise one. Anyway, so I I just don't see Colorado being able to keep up what they did last year. I don't either. I see them at best a bubble team. I just don't think Varlamov can also repeat what he did last year. That's a big one. I, I think that Colorado, as a team, probably got better. But I don't think that their upward curve matches the upward curve of, say, St. Louis or Dallas. And it's certainly not enough to match Chicago. They don't have like a standout defenseman. They basically have our old standout defenseman as their top defenseman. Right. Uh, well, Eric Johnson. Well, standout. Well, I mean, the suppo- well, supposed to be standout. Let's put it that way. Number one draft pick. Uh, <laughs> when you have Jan Hayda as you're on your number one pairing, that's a little concerning to that's me. That's suspect. Uh, Brad Stewart. My, actually, I, think I heard that they moved Stewart up to the number one pairing uh, recently. So, and Brad Stewart, who was the number, I think, on the third pairing last year. So. Uh, interesting how that has gone. So, let's see. Uh, what do you think? A playoff team or not playoff team? Uh, they'll they'll make it in. So I think it, they will be a wild card at best. Oh yeah, I I, I don't think that they win the division. Oh, yeah. But I, I think that they can make it in as a bubble team. So next, I think honestly, I almost think that all of these, all of the non division winning teams are going to come from the central. Yeah, I think so definitely in the Pacific, they're stacked. Dude, yeah, I I don't think it's going to be like last year where it's an even split amongst teams. Like, I, I think it's going to basically be the Central Division takes on the Eastern Conference. Yeah, which, a- and also the Ducks. Yeah, true. Because uh, let's go to our next team, uh, the Dallas Stars, who uh, had uh, made a bit of a splash in the off season, just a bit. So let's go with their record: forty, thirty-one, and eleven. Good for ninety-one points. Eighth in the conference, 16th overall, uh, 2.82 goals per game, uh, 10th in the NHL. Defense, 2.72 goals against 17th in NHL. Power play, not that good at 15.9%, good for 23rd. Penalty kill, about average, 81.4%, tied for 19th. Corsi and Fenwick stats, uh, almost exactly the same, 51.3 Corsi, tied for 11th. Fenwick, 51.9, tied for 9th, so not too bad on there, so... They are led by uh, their captain, Jamie Benn, and also uh, Tyler Sagan, who decided to grow up all of a sudden and have a hell, oh, of, reels. Have a hell of a year and uh, become the centerpiece of uh, Dallas. So everything that Boston really wanted him to be, he pretty much did in Dallas last year. Except win a cup, which he did in Boston. Correct. It was like a third liner. But still, I mean, he, he's the number one center now. 
played amazing. I mean, when we Blues played them, that was the team. The Dallas seemed to be the team the Blues just did not know. Couldn't beat them. Didn't know what to do with last year. I was, And that just made me hate them even more. But at the same time, I really like that team. I mean, they're built not bad. If they can just get that defense fixed, they would be, they can get somebody back there. You know, somebody like us, you know, like we have Petrangelo and Shattenkirk where you put Shattenkirk on the last two teams we talked about, Colorado and uh, Dallas. And one, Shattenkirk was on Colorado. They just think about that. It's two Think about ones. that trade all these years later. Yeah. You know, and the fact that if memory serves, Shattenkirk was the throw in on that deal? Correct. Stewart was the centerpiece. Stewart is the one the Blues wanted, but the Blues needed a defenseman to fill in. Which, and at the time, there wasn't a lot of talk, but there was small chatter about Shattenkirk being a Calder Trophy candidate. Yeah, because he's having a pretty decent he year. He's having he, a great year. He was like fourth in, uh, I think, points for rookies that year. Yeah. But I think the reason that Colorado traded him because they thought they had a lot of guys, quote-unquote, like him in the system. Yeah. Wrong. Like uh, like Tyson Berry, um, Duncan uh, Simons, another guy that yeah. they had. And they all thought those were guys. And unfortunately, Simons or Siemens, whatever you want to call him, I can't remember. And he just hasn't, uh, hasn't made the team yet. And he was the back in 2010. He has drafted basically the Blues. That was the draft pick they swapped. And that yeah. whole deal, the Blues swapped out, and they got him, and then we wound up getting uh, we trade. We got Ty Ratty, so we got Ty Ratty, who, mind you, the Blues weren't stacked, might may have sure. made this team three years ago. This guy Ty Ratty would have made this team easily, so, easily three or four years ago, probably. I you know I look back at that trade, and I remember when it happened. Like everyone was kind of aghast that we traded Eric Johnson because. I mean, it was, crazy. It was overnight. One. It was overnight. Yeah. Remember that? It was like really late because I remember. It was like 1130 at night. Yeah, because we were actually out and about with a, at the time I didn't have a Twitter, so I didn't, you know, have it. Yeah. You know, so I was just kind of out with friends that night and we're all, we're all very big blues fans and we were talking and uh, they actually played Buffalo that night. Yep. I don't know why I remember this. Well, reason. remember there was like, there was three deals, like, that was they right on the Brad, heels of the Brad Boys, Boys deal, deal, too. That was like, hey, we're gonna make time to change the culture of everything. Yeah. And then Brewer, I think Brewer was the day before this. Yep. Brewer was traded to Tampa Bay the day before this for like virtually nothing. For nothing. Like a third rounder. Boys for draft picks. Second rounder. Yep. And then the whole. The only player trade was this, was this one. Was there? And at the time, and, I remember like everyone was kind of like, oh my God, we, like, what is, are we saying that we, we gave up? He was a bust. And I looked around, and I was like, guys, look at who we're getting back. Number one, Stewart Chris was Stewart was a Blues killer. Correct. Every time he played the Blues, two that goals. dude was good for two goals, yeah. at least. And Kevin Shattenkirk was the guy who was being talked about in the colder circles, and we gave away a, a guy in Eric Johnson who was a solid defenseman, but he was never going to live up to what he was in St. Louis. Yeah. There was too much pressure. You were a number one overall pick. You, you're you not that guy. Yeah. And I think he needed to get out of St. Louis as much as the Blues needed to, to get rid of him. And and we also let go of um, uh, what Jay McClement. Was name. Yeah, Jay McClement, which Colorado let walk. Yeah, they signed him for like a year or something like that. He was on for a little bit, but then he went to Toronto. So. Yeah. Um, so that was a great deal by the Blues. So circle back around. <laughs> back to Dallas. I know we got a little tangent there. So Dallas, I think, is uh, made the bit probably a, one of the biggest splashes before, before the draft. Yes, acquiring uh, Jason Spezza. So uh, very interesting that uh, basically the Blues were looking into getting uh, you know Spezza, and it was either between Spezza 
Are the Blues going to be able to sign uh, Stastny? Who knows? Can they get both, apparently, was the rumor that they were trying for. Yep. And then Spezza was traded, so the, all of a sudden all eyes were on the Stastny, and luckily we were able to pull that off. So, uh, <laughs> you know who won in that deal? Patrick Berglund. Yeah, so. Dude got paid and got to stay in St. Louis. Yeah, so, uh, Dallas, I really like, uh, forward wise. I love them, dude. Uh, Ben Sagan and, uh, Valerie Nishkuchkin, who I really like. Yep. That had a little injury. I think just had the whole rookie, like, wall, hit the rookie wall deal last year. Sure. But still looks very impressive. Their second line, Eric Cole, who I, I don't know why I like. I mean, he's good in Carolina. He's good. He's kind of been falling off in the last couple of years, but still good. Spezza and Alex Alice Hemsky, who had good chemistry in Ottawa last year. Yeah. So uh, that that was the the deal that the, they got done in free agency that I think kind of went under the radar because of the Spezza deal. Is not only do you get Spezza, but then you turn around and you pick up Hemsky, who was great with him in Ottawa. It's mm-hmm. going to make him feel at home a lot quicker. It's going to help him blend into that team a lot quicker than sticking him on uh, a line with people that he's never played with before. Yeah, so Spezza is getting paid a lot this year. Um, so kind of good that Dallas makes that move because they're kind of a team that supposedly doesn't have a lot of money, kind of like the Blues used to be. Uh, so I'm kind of interested to see how they – they actually had their big restricted free agent sign yesterday, uh, Brendan Dillon, who's an upcoming yep. defenseman. Basically said, fine, I'll take your one year deal. Basically, kind of like a you know, one year, one point nine million. The guy was looking for, uh, look, I thought he got close to two and a half and then get it. So he was very, he said, frustrating negotiations is what I read on Pro Hockey Talk. So they got everybody in line. Uh, I think this is going to be one of the wild card teams, mm. possibly a team that could be challenging Minnesota for that third spot, depending on how things fall. Uh, if Kari Lettinen's back holds up. Uh, it could be good. They brought a new backup in, Anders Lindback, who was in uh, Tampa Bay last year, yep. formerly in uh, Nashville, really big guy. So who knows how uh, that turns out. Yeah, I think he's a better backup than like Tim Thomas was. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely more bullish on this team than you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see this as one of the three teams that could compete for the Central Division. I really think that it's going to be St. Louis, Chicago, and Dallas all beating the piss out of each other. Um, you know, uh, uh, yeah, they'll definitely be competitive. I just think that um, it all depends on how Spezza holds up because after Spezza, agreed, agreed. it depends how Spezza holds up. I think that then your second line uh, center is Cody Eakin, which is well. I don't think any of these, any of those three teams that we're talking about in regards to to winning the Central, Chicago, St. Louis, or Dallas, none of them are a hundred percent solid. They each have an Achilles heel. And in the case of Dallas, it's going to be the health of Spezza and the health of their goaltending situation, like you just said. Um, but if everyone stays healthy, man, that team has so much upside and so much scoring power. And speed. I mean, they're really good. They, they could Speed-wise, they scare me just as much as sometimes Chicago does. Yep. Because, I mean, like, anytime you, if you ever watch the Sagan, Ben, and Nakushkin Dude. line, it's, it's so fluid. awesome to watch because, I mean, I remember saw a couple of plays last year where they went end-to-end and scored, and it just, like, nobody could touch them. It was uh, yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, so I, I think they're definitely, I'm, I'll say definitely a wild-card team. I agree. And uh, like you said, you're, you're on, you got them in line. They're in for sure. You got them in for sure. So we're both a little, uh, pretty much agree there. So like I said, they definitely could take that third. Spot depending on how Minnesota holds up. 
So let's go into the Minnesota Wild next. Uh, 43, 27, and 12. Good for 98 points last year. 7th in the conference, 11th overall. 2.43 goals per game. Not that good. Tied for 24th. But their defense is just as good. 2.42 goals against average. Good for 7th. Power play at 17.9%. Good for 16th. The penalty kill, which is a bit of a surprise for this team, 78.8. Good for 27th. Uh, Corsi and Fenwick, not the greatest. 48.2. Good for 23rd. Your Fenwick is 48.6, good for 21st. Uh, not too much uh, was added except for one big name, pretty much. Thomas Vanek, quote-unquote, comes home. Uh, he went to, went to college at University of Minnesota. Uh, excuse me. Uh, that's pretty much all they really added. <laughs> I mean, just look, kind of looking around, they Brett Sutter was kind of added, but that's not that's not, not, not Brent Sutter as in like... Uh, Correct. Which would be a lot better. But uh, I would like to see... Which Thomas Vanek shows up in Minnesota. Correct. Uh, other, let's do departures real quick before we get into that. Uh, Matt Molson did not resign. Doesn't surprise me. Uh, Danny Heatley, his massive contract is gone. Uh, Clayton Stoner and Cody McCormick. So I think the, I think they're going to actually, let's go into your Vanek point before I make my points. Uh, yeah. I, talk about a guy who went from being widely considered one of the top scoring forwards in the league to going to Montreal and just really kind of going and fizzling out the remainder of the year. Where there was talk that he might actually almost got sat during one of those playoff games. Yeah. So, So, you know. I think he's had fourth line duty for one Did he just not care about being there? Was he just trying to get out of the deal and get to Minnesota? Nothing. Who knows? But – I don't know, man. Vanek was a guy that I had my eyes on at the trade deadline. If you re, if you want to go back to the podcast leading up to the trade deadline, he was one of the three guys that I would say if I was GM and I could do whatever I wanted to, here's who I would get. Um, I don't know, man. If Vanek returns to form the way he was in Buffalo and even at the Islanders, that's a great signing. Yeah. But if you get another Thomas Vanek who's just going to be lazy – Boy, man, you just flushed a lot of money down the toilet. Yeah, so he got paid for sure. So uh, Vanek is very good. They still have one of the best defensemen in NHL at Ryan Suter. Yep. Um, their lines are not I mean, not too bad. I mean, you're looking at the top line of Parise, uh, Miko Koyavu, and Jason Pomaville, which isn't bad. Second line is Vanek, uh, Granlund, and Coyle. I mean, not too bad there. Granlund is, is going to be a stud in this league. Once he gets it together, he's, he ran, he's like the, he has the whole Swedish thing going for him. Like the whole, like, I'm going to figure it. Like he has the Patrick, I call it Patrick Berglund syndrome. Yeah. Where sometimes he looks like a world, you know, world beater. Like, and then all of a sudden he turns into, uh, where's Michael Grant? I didn't know Michael Granlund played tonight. He, like he, but he did. Yeah. <laughs> he's just invisible. So, uh, their defense is pretty young, uh, outside of Ryan Suter. Uh, guys who've been around before, Jared Spurgeon, Jonas Brodeen, uh, Marco Scandella, they're a big a draft pick a couple years. Matthew Dumda, who I really like, he's only twenty years old and looks like he's going to make the team. Uh, another thing looks like the goal. The only thing that concerns me about this team is the goaltending situation. Yeah. Uh, you have creaky old Nicholas Backstrom who likes to fight people. What are you talking about? Isn't he the one who got into the fight in practice? No. I think Josh Harding. Yes, I'm sorry. Josh Harding, who Harding. supposedly is, is not out there officially, but broke his foot and was suspended by the team for getting into a fight after 
practice with a teammate and he kicked a wall in frustration is what has been but like circulating right. broke his foot and then he got suspended by a team so he's not getting paid so that led the team to re-sign Darcy Kemper, who was sitting on the sidelines as a restricted free agent, wanting a one-way deal, and they were offering a two-way deal. And then they also brought in Ilya Brzgalov on a professional tryout. God, I about that. So as of right now, it looks like um, Backstrom looked okay, like from uh, what I've read uh, against uh, the Blues. Yeah, and I put, they had a pretty young team out there. They didn't bring too many guys here when the Blues played them the other night. So uh, I had this team to be competitive once again. They always seem to be pretty evenly matched with the Blues. Blues are, but the Blues seem to have their number, though. I don't have the record to have against them, but they've oh, always they seemed to... We seem like they always have a really feisty game, which we saw the other night in the preseason. And we find a way to win. And we find a way to win. So I think that's one of the reasons why they don't like a, like us, pretty much. So uh, <laughs> that, that is correct. To say the least. So um, this is the team I picked to finish third. I have them on the bubble. So we kind of flip-flopped on the last two, on Dallas and... Uh, the other team I just talked about. That we're talking about Minnesota. Minnesota. Oh, man. It's, it's not that late either. Jesus. It's the weather, man. It's totally the weather. Yeah. It's just really cold today. Anybody who's not in St. Louis. Cold for St. Louis, I guess you could say. It was almost in the 80s all week, and then all of a sudden it's like... 53. 60, yes, 53 is a high all of a sudden, so maybe that's it. Uh, we'll say it's that's it, just so I feel better about it. I believe I'm going to our last team of the conference, the Winnipeg Jets. Do we miss Nashville? I miss. I did miss Nashville. I knew it was one I was missing. I was sitting there staring at the sheet, and I was like, "Ah, eh, there's something I'm missing." I know there's not. really not much to talk about with Nashville. <laughs> yeah, so let's go with the Nashville yeah, Predators, yeah. who missed the playoffs again last year. 38, 32, and 12, 88 points. Good for tenth in the conference, nineteenth overall. Two point six one goals per game, tied for eighteenth. Two point eight goals against average. Very, un- very not good team. Be still my heart. Ryan Reeves has scored a goal. Hey, look at that. 2-2. Two, two. <laughs> so, uh, where was that? Goals against. Not like them. 23rd in the league, 2.84 goals against. Uh, power play, 19.2%. 12th in the league. Penalty kill, 80.2%. 25th in the league. Their Corsi and Fenwick are about average, 49.4%. Tied for 19th. Their Fenwick, 50.7. Good for 14th. Uh, they're going to look a little different this year. Not um, not only on the ice, but behind the bench. Uh, longtime coach. Uh, God, I spit it out, Jason. Barry Trotz. Thank you. My problem. Uh, Peter Laviette is in. Barry Trotz is out. Great hire. I like uh, Laviette is basically the polar opposite style-wise. Totally. So he's going to open probably try to open up the team a little bit more to more offense. Which, in this division, you're going to have to do. Because if you, if you try to play a defensive game... Night in, night out against Chicago, St. Louis, Dallas, Colorado, Minnesota. You're going to get buried. So um, I'm not really sold on the forwards that they brought in. Uh, James Neal was the big one. They tried. I, I think that was more of a knee jerk reaction. Yeah, trade to I, what like the Spezza thing to what the Blues were supposedly in on Paul Stastny at the time. And so I, Neal for Hornquist and Nick Spalling was a And team. I really think that Neal is more of a product of playing with Sidney Crosby than anything else. So that's going to be the issue. So uh, they brought in also a couple of retreads. One one Blues are familiar with. Derek Roy was brought in on a one-year, $1 million. Why can't he do that? Sign him for that I've last heard year. I've heard of him. Mike Ribeiro was brought in, and his baggage was brought in for about uh, a little bit more than that. Uh, Ole Jokinen was also brought in. Uh, so they're trying to revamp that uh, offense with some retreads. Uh, Anton Volchinkov is going to be the main addition to your defense. 
who has – I mean, I really like their defense. I'll say that. If you can switch – put this defense in Dallas and have, like, Nashville be just complete, like, bad, like, Dallas, I think, would win the division because I just love the defense. It's Shea Weber, Roman Yossi, Seth Jones, Ryan Ellis. I mean, really good guys. So – and they got a lot of guys in the minors uh, yep. that are NHL ready. So it's – they're going to be turning from a goaltending factory to probably a defensive to defensive factory. So, uh, fortunately, their forwards, Mike Fisher, uh, decided to tear his uh, Achilles in the offseason. Not a smart move on his part. So, Ryan Ribeiro is going to have to be the number one center, hopefully getting James Neal the puck. So, I'm, as you can tell, <laughs> not really sold on this team. No. Uh, I see them just um, as a retool, rebuild year. Correct. Um they're, they they'll get the system in this year and let Lavia kind of do his thing. Um, they tried everything they could to bring somebody in, and hopefully they can wind up. Hopefully this uh, Cal, uh, I'll say this wrong, Cali Jaron Jaron Croc Croc Croak. Yeah, sure. He was basically the trade that brought they sent their first ever draft pick, David Leguan, to uh, Detroit for this guy, and he looked really good last year. So he's starting out as their fourth line center. According to this, I think he's going to be more of a third, maybe even a second by the end of the year because he looked really good. So we'll see what happens there. But I fully believe that Nashville uh, is not going to make the playoffs this year. No, they won't. And, and it's a shame. No trips for us this year. You, yeah, it sucks. No weekend games in Nashville. But yeah, part of me is like, did they think they did that? Because we kind of did the whole. We, we Chicago. We Chicago them. them pretty much. This is the last game yeah. of the year where it was. That it was, was awful. That was awesome. Anyway. But yeah, that, I don't think they're in the playoffs. No, they won't. And it's a shame because you have a goalie down there like Pekka Rennie who, dude, there are so many teams. Best, I'll say best goalie in the league. I'll tell you when right he's now. On, when he's on, best goalie in the league. I would love, in a perfect world, to trade Brian Elliott for Pekka Rennie. <laughs> Somehow that would work. It'd be fantastic. Uh, it will never happen. Yeah. But if you put Pekka Rennie... On, I can't say that anymore because systems are so different, and everyone said the same thing about Ryan Miller. But your gut tells you if you put a goalie like Pekka Rennie on the St. Louis Blues, close up shot. You think that because Rene played the same kind of system with Trotz, where he flourished in the Blues? Similar, it's very similar, similar systems. systems. I don't know how Rennie does in this new system. And I could also see Rennie get to the point where if things start going bad real early in Nashville, going to the front office and saying, get me out of here. I don't have that many years left. I want to go somewhere and I want to win. Yeah, he signed a big contract. He's making seven million years, the highest, second highest paid player behind, behind Shea Weber. Right. So, But uh, you also don't think that, uh, that Nashville would be dumb enough to deal him. Within the division. No, oh, that would never. So let's go to the uh, team that's just hanging around, Winnipeg Jets. Uh, 37, 35, and 10, good for 85, 84 points. Uh, 11th in the conference, 22nd overall, 2.67 goals per game. Love you. Love you too. Night. <laughs> Love you, baby. People listening just got really confused. Sorry, that was my daughter. So good, good night. So... Uh, offense, 2.67 goals per game. Good for 15th in the league. <laughs> Defense, 2.82 goals against uh, 22nd in the league. Power play, 15.4%. 25th in the league. Pound to kill, 83.2%. Tied for 9th. 
So, and let's go into Corsi and Fenwick real quick. Corsi, 49.4%, tied for 19th. Fenwick, 49.6%, tied for 18th. Uh, brought in a new coach, a kind of new coach. They fired uh, their coach last year, Claude Noel. Yep. Brought in Paul Maurice and kept him around. So... Which, you know, you saw the team spark up for a little bit. I want to give you beginning. one little quick stat about their GM, okay. which I found out. I'll, I'll even give you credit where credit's due on the Puck podcast I listened to this week. Okay. As they did the Central Division pre- preview for them. Their GM, Kevin Sheveldayoff, since he has taken off the uh, whole GM role in the three years since, because they hired him when they brought to Winnipeg. Right. So three years he's been there. He has never made a player-for-player player trade on the NHL roster. He's only traded for picks and AHL players. He's never made a trade to bring in an NHL player That's to his current bizarre. roster. And you wonder why. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously this is a team who you would think is, A, probably working with a very limited amount of funds, despite what the cap is. Um, and, and two, are, you, know, you have a GM whose philosophy is obviously to build young. Yeah, and sit there and hopefully everybody kind of works out so you know uh, they they inherited an atlanta team who was what two years removed from making the playoffs yeah they They had dustin bufflin who got super fat apparently he's going to move you to forward this year exclusively just forward just forward okay that's what has been said um you've got um evander kane who if he can get out of his own way, is a great player. But mm-hmm. he seems to be like the um, not looking good when you're when somebody's tweeting saying, "I really hope Vander Cade is traded to Philadelphia." Then he favorites it on Twitter. Not a good yeah. thing normally. He reminds me of um, Ron Artest. Yeah, where like, he has to like just can't get out of his own way in life. Yeah, he's. I think he's having trouble making phone calls with all the you know the money. Money's money's not a good way to make a phone call. No, those don't work well as phones. Yeah. So uh, this team is just perpetually spinning their wheels right now. Thomas Vanek just told me to shut the F up with a goal, <laughs> and it's now 3-3. Three 3-3, to three. Three to three, oh, when did we score? Uh, Yori got one like 20 seconds ago. Uh, okay, so there we go. Yeah. So real quick uh, update there. But they they lost Ole Jokinen, Al Montoya, and Zaka Redman. Ooh. I hate Ole Jokinen. I know, so they're still in the division, but uh, they only brought in Matthew Perot, so not really nothing going on. Dude, that team is going to be dead effing last. So they're just that team that's like a, just hanging around. How under, many under, how many games do we have against Winnipeg this year? Six. Six wins. Yeah, it should be. In I'll, I'll say we'll lose one in shootout. I'll call it right now. 5-0-1. I'll take all 12 points. Okay. But uh, Andre Pavlik, I just don't. I can't believe they signed to a big contract. I'd never been sold on that guy. Can't no. stay healthy. But he somehow I had the save of the year on TSN. I think it's just because he's a Winnipeg guy. That's correct. Um, outside of that, I mean, Mark Shifley is like their big draft pick a couple years ago. Who's going to try to be the number one center? Um, I didn't, wasn't too impressed when he played in St. Louis last year. Agreed. Uh, Brian Little is you know not bad. A, a very good story. Who's sure. somehow panned out after all these years? Uh, Blake Wheeler was an Olympian. I like him, but uh, meh. Yeah, Dustin Bufflin. I hate because it's Dustin Bufflin. Correct. He used to be a Blackhawk and talked mad amounts of crap. Yeah, uh, Zach Bogoyan got a big contract somehow at the end of last year. Zach Yobagoya, who? <laughs> uh Jacob Truba was a big draft pick too. I, I actually like him. Big defenseman. The him and Dumda were the two that I liked during that draft, and I knew the Blues had no chance of getting him. Yeah, but uh, 
I thought they would have been good additions to a Blues uh, prospect pool. Anyway, they're not making the playoffs. Simple as that. Hell no. Okay. So we'll go with our predictions for how everything will finish, and we'll include the Blues in that. Um, yeah. I'll go first. I'll go with uh, Chicago as being number one. Okay. Followed very closely by the Blues. Followed by in distant. I'm saying distant third. I'm thinking it's really Blues and them as like the top, like the class of the division, okay. and then just kind of everybody falling in place after that. Uh, Minnesota and then Dallas. I see all those four teams making the playoffs. Dallas is one of the uh, uh, wild cards, mm-hmm. and then uh, Nashville. If somehow everything falls into place, will I think maybe be on Dallas's heels. But they literally have to have like Pecorino have a Vesna Trophy year, have Shea Weber have a Norris type year, I agree. Um, and then have somebody sourcing goals on their team. Have James Neal like plays like he did when he was in Pittsburgh, which I don't think happened. Yeah. Um, and then after that, uh, what we got left? Colorado and Winnipeg. That's true. Colorado. May switch it up. Yeah, such Nashville. Like I guess Nashville has to have everything like go right. I think Colorado will be that team that may be nipping on the heels. And then uh, Nashville and then Winnipeg not even standing a chance. No way. I just think I think they're just going to be outgunned all year. They'll be that te- they'll be like they remind me of that little brother that bugs you. But oh, you, yeah. But you can easily push down and then the like eventually the little brother gets tired and just goes away. Correct. That's what it's going to be. They're not going to be that one that constantly sticks around. But every once in a while maybe they'll be there and get you know, a point or two out of people. And maybe they'll have some team's number somehow. You know, maybe they'll have like quote unquote. Maybe they'll have like Chicago's number somehow. So some way they play Chicago really well. They get their game up and play it well. But they'll be that team that just is not around. So I have I have beaten myself up mentally over this for weeks. Um, I'm gonna go seven to one. Uh, Winnipeg dead last. Mm-hmm. I just there's. Talk about a team that the cupboard is bare. There's just, there's not enough there. Um, I think they're outgunned against every team in the division, let alone the West. I see that team competing for the number one overall pick. Uh, number six, the Nashville Predators. I think that that team is good enough to make the playoffs in the East, but you are in the division of death, which is the central division. And you just, there's not enough there to compete with everyone else. Number five. That was tough. Minnesota Wild. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that three, four, five are all real close. Um, I think Minnesota and, and Colorado for me, who I have at number four. Um, I think those two could flip easy. I could see that being, you know, within two points of each other all the way down to the end. Um, Number three, the Dallas Stars. Uh, I think that they are the most improved team on paper. Yeah, on paper. It's just a matter of can they put it all together? Can they sustain it for 82 games? Mm-hmm. Number two, God, I I really, I, I'm beating myself up right now. Um, number two is the Chicago Blackhawks. I think that it's a team that is built to win. Um, I don't think this team cares where they finish in the division. And I think that is where I give the St. Louis Blues the advantage. The Blues want to win the division. Ken Hitchcock has made it clear over however many years that it is one of his 
checkpoints on the list of the season. Yeah. When the is, vision. you know, be at first place at this position at this point of the year, wrap up a division, wrap up number one of the conference, wrap up a president's trophy. It means something to this team. I don't think Chicago cares. Yeah. I think as long as Chicago gets into the playoffs, they're cool. And that is really the only tipping point on why I say the St. Louis Blues uh, win the Central this year is because the Blues want to win this division. I, I think Chicago, I don't think they don't want to win. I just don't think that, you know, if we're coming down the stretch in March and, you know, it's within four points, I don't think Chicago necessarily looks at it and goes, guys, we have to win the division. Yeah, let's look at they finished third last year. And yeah, if honestly, if they if they didn't if they won that game seven against LA, they won the cup. Absolutely, and, and that game team, went to overtime. Whichever team won that, that was game, your Stanley Cup final. That was, Stanley cup, that was your Stanley Cup winner. Whoever won yeah. that game was going to win. Because I didn't expect anybody. To, I didn't so, expect the Rangers to do anything. Yep. So I, you know, I think that it again. I think it's a very close division. I think that you see easily three teams in this division eclipse a hundred points. Oh yeah. Easily. Maybe four. Um, you know, at some point they're going to start cannibalizing off each other, though. Yeah. Um, this division is going to be so tight and so bloody that, you know, on one side you go, whoever, whoever comes out of the Central's got to win the Stanley Cup. But to play devil's advocate, are you so tired and so bruised and so emotionally spent getting out of the central division that by the time you get out, there's nothing left in the tank. So it'll be interesting to see how that wraps up. So uh, Chris just for, I won't go through everything, but Chris has uh go through yours again real quick. St. Louis, Chicago, Dallas, uh, Colorado, Minnesota, Nashville, Winnipeg. And you have the top four making the playoffs? I have the top four, maybe top five. Okay. And I had Chicago, St. Louis, Minnesota, Dallas, all making the playoffs, followed by Colorado, Nashville, uh, and Winnipeg not making the playoffs. Yeah. So a uh, little bit of difference there. So it'll be uh, actually a lot of bit of difference actually going through everything. Just flips on two parts. So you have flipped uh, up top, and we flipped in the middle too. So. Yeah. But, yeah, so I think the Central is going to be pretty much, as I heard on the Puck Podcast, best best division in all sports is what they called it. Easily. So it's a uh, very it's the, tight. Well, maybe not the best, most competitive. For sure. So I really like uh, what the Blues did in the offseason. Uh, a lot of the teams, everybody boosted up, which is everybody. Like, crazy. Like not one team sat by. Unless you're Winnipeg. Winnipeg. <laughs> everybody else literally said. Did something. We're going to do something to be competitive. And, and think about that. Think about if you're a Colorado Avalanche fan. You lost Paul Stasny and arguably got better this year. Yeah. So some people in their eyes got better because they added a winger that they needed. Yep. So we'll see how it turns out. So that's our whole Central Division preview. Uh, stay tuned for later in the week. We will have the Blues Blues preview. Uh, it's going to be, uh, we'll get into that, very a little bit different, but even better. So uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. Go to our Twitter at BluesHockeyNHL. Uh, my personal Twitter at JPMBluesFan21. Mine is at Hoss, H-O-S-S underscore A underscore P-A-L-O-O-Z-A, Hossapalooza. Uh, you can find us on Facebook as well. Just search Blues Hockey Podcast. 
Also, we are on iTunes. Uh, search for us, find us, rate us, give us five stars, tell us we're the best thing in the world. That would be awesome. And then also find us on our website, which, uh, which I confirmed with the, uh, through via my job report I submitted today to uh, our IT department. My wife. So she is, uh, and everything was going to be revamped for the, uh, Beginning of the season, so we'll have a little bit of the new website going for you. All of your leaked Jason nude pictures will be up there. Yeah, yeah. So somebody hacked me as well. So, <laughs> so uh, it will be looking sharp for sure. Correct. So it'll be looking good. And uh, let's see anything like there, there, there. Also, once again, again, thank Brooke Royal for uh, their song "Bleed Blue" at the beginning yeah, of the man. podcast. It is available on iTunes and Amazon for a very good, awesome cost, 99 cents. Pick it up. Go out and get it. Their new record is in the process of being recorded still. Yep. So they'll be out maybe end of the year? Probably, I would say, early part of 2015. So there you go. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Like I said, go and hit us up. Uh, also, uh, email blueshockeypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, comments, suggestions. Uh, Anything else you want to throw our way? Tell us anything that we may have missed. Who was that player that we picked up? Yeah, if you guys know, I, it's going to bother me all night. Uh, I should just text Ponder now and be like, hey, you know, what's Hold up no. with this? If he wasn't at his bachelor party tonight, He's the hockey rain man. Yeah, if, if he wasn't at his bachelor party, he, he might be able to still get it. You know He'd it? still know. Yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you later this week. See ya.